Who wrote the book of First oh, and Second Timothy? He wrote bo- both of them. Who who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Okay, we thought that was a little extra credit there. That's what we talked about last week. A little bit threw that in there. Who who did Paul write to in the book of Tim, 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 Timothy? First and set and second. Who? Who do you write to? Timothy, okay, this is important. If we don't know the background and the basis of a book, when you read it, you're going to miss out on a lot of what God wants you to get and to understand about his word. Uh, And where was Paul when he wrote the book? In jail. Uh, And do you know what city Paul was in? He was in Rome. Okay, Paul was in Rome, in prison. It's believed the book of 2 Timothy is the last book that he wrote. So this is the very last words of Paul. Now, last week, we talked about something interesting about Tim, Timothy, that he was known as a what? Sort of a, 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 a Greek Jew, Jew, Jewish term. He was called a what? Momser. A momser. He had a, he had a Jew, Jewish mother and a Greek, Greek father, and that made him an outcast. And, and as we look at this book, understand Paul's relationship with Tim, Tim, Timothy, one who has no hope to make it in this world, Paul says, I want, I want you. And you know what? It's the exact thing that God does for us. We know what we look like on the inside. We know how far we, we come short. We want to look good for everybody else. But you and I, if you were being real, you'd be like, man, I know, man. But God says, hey, in, in spite of who you are, I'm going to use you because who my son is. So, this, so, so that, that's sort of the basis of, of, of where we come to tonight. Now, we're going to read some scriptures. Scripture. Now, we're going through the book of 2 Tim, 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 Timothy. Boy, if it takes me that long to say that word for the rest of the next four months, we're in trouble. Uh, but tonight, we're not going to be in the book of 2, 2 Tim, Timothy. We're going to actually take one week here in the book of 1 Tim, Timothy. Because there's, there's some verses there, and the relationship's the same between Paul and Tim, Timothy. He loves him like a what? Like a son, he, he calls him my, my dear son in the faith. He, he loves Timothy. So when he writes in this book these words, he's not writing like, hey, dude, you just need to get the stuff right, blah, blah, blah. He's writing because he's invested in him, because he loves him, because he believes in him. Very important stuff here. So we're going to read, um, first of all, as we start off, and there's some testimony you're going to see tonight. But I'll get into more of that in its own vid- vid- video. Now let me tell you all this. Somebody doesn't want you to see this video tonight because ever since I've gotten here to the church, there's been bugs and it's been flickering in and out and all sorts of stuff that we've not had go the past five years. But there's some crucial stuff in this video which I think can rock your world and change your life on what's on here. Um, So I'm just praying it all works and if it doesn't, God's bigger than whatever we're facing tonight. I want to ask you, we're going to read in the book of, turn to 1 Tim, Timothy chap, 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 chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, I would love to give one to you. I want you to have one of your very own, uh, and we, we, we have these. So just come up to me, and you might go, well, I'm embarrassed to come up and say I need a Bible. Half the youth in this room have come up to me and said I need a Bible. So you're not alone. Uh, to do that, okay? So uh, it's more important you have this word of God in your hand. We're going to be in First Timothy chapter 4, 
And I'm just going to ask you to stand with me as we just sort of, uh, in, in, in honor of God's holy and per- per- perfect word tonight. And I don't have my glasses, so this is going to be fun. Dear Lord, I'm getting old. All right, we're going to start in verse 7. There we go. It says this, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to read through verse 13. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Verse 11, command and teach these things. Verse 12, listen to verse 12. Listen to it all, but I want you to key in on verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Verse 14, let's go on. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word tonight. I thank you so much for what we get to do Um, And Lord, may there be real conversation tonight. May there be real um, questioning on who we are and who we're called to be in you. Uh, And uh, Lord, may we fight to uh, live like the child of God that you've called us to be. Because you are worthy of all of our praise. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody sit down. There's a, a, a video, <clears throat> and um, even if the video cuts in and out, the sound should not. The sound should be fine. And what's more important is that you hear the sound. It's a testimony of a teenager, and it's real. It's about nine minutes long, and then I'm going to come and teach some off of that. But with what the scripture we just read, I want you to listen to this verse. I want to show you a clip of something that our, I was in here on Wednesday night when our junior hires and high schoolers um, had a meeting together and talk about, talk about a, a teenager living up to his potential. They had an 18 year old kid speak on Wednesday night to several hundred high school and junior high students in this room. And I just kind of sat in the back and listened in. And it was so powerful, and they happened to record it, videotape it. And I want to show you a clip from it. So if you guys will watch the screens. This is almost eight weeks ago. I go up to Sanford Hospital, get the bone marrow, the pop, whatever. Results come back. Fourth time, the doctors have had to tell my parents, your son has leukemia again for a fourth time. I know, I feel like I should be in Ripley's, believe it or not. Crazy. Um, a few days later, the doctors had asked us to come back up to go over 
what options that I had. I'm 18 now, so I can, um, basically, I can, it's up to me, and my parents can't change that. So, the oncologist comes in and basically for a five-minute talk, he says, there's nothing that we can do for you. We can give you chemotherapy. We can do some treatment. But inevitably, it will not work. No third bone marrow. No more chemotherapy. Nothing is going to work. There's no pill. There's no, there's no nothing. So I, I asked him, with nothing, how long do you give me? Well, first he says, you need to get a crying baby. <laughs> I didn't believe that either. <laughs> he says, it's your own individual blood. Everyone's blood is different. It reacts differently. Um, there's no, there's no, like, hammer on the nail, like, time. It's, it's, it's really hard. It can vary. But I did get this out of him. This was almost two months ago. He said, maybe three months, plus or minus. No, it was two months ago. And I'm still here. Me being here tonight is no accident. I'm dying of a disease. No. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm dying from a blessing that was given to me by God. People ask me a lot of questions. And later, I'll bring that up to you guys if you guys have any questions. But... One of the questions that I get asked a lot is, Hey, Clayton, are you scared? And usually I just say, No, I'm not scared. Because uh, I don't really feel like talking right then or explaining myself. But inside, yes, yes, I am. I am terrified. I am mortified. But not for myself, not for cancer. I've been doing this, I've been on this train for 12 years. This is my fourth time. I know what's going to happen. I know the feelings. I know all the needles. I know all the pains that's going to come with it. I know that. I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of dying either because I know where I'm going when I die. I know I'm going to heaven because when I was little, I I still am little, but when I was younger, don't mock me. When I was younger, I... Confess with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that he is the only way into heaven. And I believed that. And I know that. And I was able to do that because God sent his only son to earth to die on the cross for my sins and your sins. Because he loves us so much. That is why I was able 
And I, and I know that I'm going to heaven. So I'm not scared for where I'm going when I die. I'm scared for everyone else. I'm scared for the for all the people who don't know where they're going where they're, when they die. I'm scared for the people that might think they know where they're going when they die. I'm scared for all the people who are distracted by this by this world that is controlled by Satan, especially for you guys, because you're in America. And this is Satan's country. I'm scared for everyone that's distracted by friends, by iPods, by video games, by movies, by having a roof over your head, by feeling secure, or by feeling comfort, or by having 20 bucks in your pocket. See, I'm dying. So it's not hard for me to live every day like it's going to be your last. Because tonight I easily can go into a coma and never wake up from it. It's not hard for me to be thankful for life when I know that tomorrow I might not have it. And it's not hard for me to be thankful for my friends. Because I know that I might not ever see them again very soon. Yes, I'm dying. But wait, here's the kicker. So are you guys. We all have a, have a clock, have a timeline of when we're going to kick the bucket. And for me, I have the luxury of knowing about when I might go. See, I, I, I feel sorry for you guys because you guys don't know when you're going to die. I do. So everyone, everyone that's, that, has, that, that is blinded by this world... And is not living every day like it could be their last, which is very well could be. I feel sorry for you guys. So these, those are the people that I'm afraid of. The people that are blinded. The people who don't know where they're going when they die. And the people that think they know where they're going when they die. But they really don't. It's one of the most powerful messages I'd ever heard because it was so real it, it made sense like if if I only have a few days or weeks to live I think that would be my message right it would be yours too and you're going wow that makes sense it doesn't make sense for him to go okay my last week on earth I want to go to Hawaii or I want to do this. You know, that doesn't make any sense if you really believe in God. He's just going, look, I I don't feel sorry for myself. I know where I'm going, but I'm very scared for you. And the things he was saying about life and how 
it's true, most of us in this room don't even give it a thought, the fact that we're dying and the fact that this could be our last day on earth. And, and so we're not living like it's going to be. We just figure out, we'll come back next weekend, the weekend after that, on and on and on. And yet this guy's going, no, 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 I, gotta, I, I have the advantage on you guys. I'm just going to throw it all out there. I'm worried that some of you aren't going to heaven. You think you are, but you're caught up in this trap. And he just laid it out there. Um, as articulately as I've ever heard an 18-year-old lay it out. Um, and it's pretty awesome that our high schoolers and junior hires were in here to hear that and be impacted by it. But my, I wanted to bring it in because I thought, you know what, that wasn't just for the junior hires and high schoolers. That's for all of us to look at that guy, this spirit-filled kid, who I don't know if he's in heaven right now or if he's still on the earth. But if he's here, he's going to be using his life for God. You know, last week, uh, in the middle of when I was speaking about Paul and his help to uh, Tim- Timothy, uh, his friendship, and then we, I talked about Paul's last words, and I, and I said a phrase, what, if you had a chance to, just a last chance to write, pick out someone that you love and write a letter to them, what would you say in it? Uh, and that was, it, was, it wasn't in my notes, it sort of just popped out, uh, but I thought about that as I um as I went through the week and as I thought about it, the last words, this video popped back into my mind. I, I, sh- I showed this, this, this video for the first time in 2009, right before I came to this church. Uh, Clayton uh, was still alive at the time uh, when I showed it. Uh, it. It was February of 2009. He died March of 2009. Those were some per- pretty strong words, right? Did y'all feel the impact of that at all? I mean, I hope you, uh, you understand they were strong words. They were, they were wise, wise words uh, from, from someone who I would term your peer. And not only students can learn a lot from that, I think adults can learn a lot from that as well. And, and we're, we're going to go into a little bit more of his story towards the end uh, because there's more to it than sort of what you just saw. But I want to walk through this scripture with me because it has a lot to do with what you just saw in this kid. Because some of you go, man, I could ne- never be that. But the same God who walked with Clayton is the same God who walks with you. The same power that he placed in, in, in Clayton, in this, in this scrawny small kid who you think, man, he, this kid really ever going to make an impact? And you'll find out he makes huge impacts. And he's still, even to this day, seven years have passed. Uh, you know, he's still making impacts from his life for Christ. So be in, inspired by it. But we're going to look at this text because this text talks a lot about um, sort of, of what I think of when I see in him. But also believe God's called us to be as well. <clears throat> Join me in prayer one more time tonight. Dear God, we just ask um, that you'll help us to... Focus on your word tonight, and uh, Lord, help us to open up our ears and, uh, and uh, let our, our, our heart, Lord, let us embrace your truth. Thank you for your son. Amen. Okay, this is First Timothy 4, beginning in verse 7. Uh, Catherine, if you can throw that on the screen again. I think we've got it somewhere. Um, it says this, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness for while the while bodily tra- training is of some value godliness 
is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Point number one is this. Commit yourself to godliness. What does that mean? It means this. Conforming your life to the laws and wishes of God. If you want to be godly, you take your life and you're shaping it and pushing it to be what you see who God is. That is where godliness comes from. Are there any athletes in the room? Not mathletes. Mathletes are important. I'm talking about athletes tonight. Any athletes? What sports are athletes? What sports do you play or participate in? Baseball. Track. Baseball. Tennis. tennis, And and we eat frogs. I mean, volleyball. Soccer. Cheerleading is a sport. Yes, say it proudly. Swimming's a sport. What else? Baseball and track. Softball. Okay, are these all sports? Has most everybody in this room at least seen a sport on TV before? Yes, everybody's probably even participated, whether you were forced to in PE, you're like, ah, kickball. That's sort of a sport, okay? So, or dodgeball, boom, boom, you're getting beat up. That's the sport. Sort of. Not really. Well, who knows? We won't talk about that. For those of you that play sports, did you just decide one day you wake up and go, I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to start first string with the team tomorrow. You know, and you pick up a ball, uh, a, a bat, and you're all, I've seen it before, right? Is that the way it works? Do you just pick up a sport and go and you're amazing at it? Now, there's a rare few in this world that are athletic phenoms who, who can, can pick up something very quick. But y'all aren't it. I've seen y'all all play sport. I, oh, dude, that's wrong, bro. That's wrong, man. Trying to keep y'all down. Your head's getting all big. Oh, so do we all agree sports? What do you have to do to be good at a sport? Practice, right? Or, or if, if you use the same word we, we just read here, train. You will not do, you will not be very good at mar- 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 marathon high where you're going to run 13.1 miles. If you go, you know what, I think I'm going to join it. When's the race? Oh, this morning? I'm in. And you're going to go run 13.1 and be successful. You may make it through it with blood pouring out of your eyeballs. But you're not going to make it through it well. You, and so the question is this. We are so easy to go, you know what? Sports, baby. I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to put in the time, hours. Of, my son just got into sports. We won't say, I won't say his name. I don't want to be embarrassed. But he's got into sports. And they're at practice every day and games when there's not practice. You know, and it's just like, dear Lord, they're doing this all the time. Why? Because they want to be good at it, right? When you're, do you want your team to be good or your team to be like, man, we, we're 0 and 47. Woo! Do you really train to be 0 and 47? No. You train to what? When? You want to be good, so you train for it and you have to fight for it. No one is just like, I picked up. So why do we think we can be a strong believer in Christ and we never pick this thing up? We go, hey, hey, I go to church. Man, and, 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 and Brother Dan, dude, he can preach the word like nobody else. Okay. Really, because not many people stutter, so that's a little different. 
you, you can't do that, can you? If you just go, well, I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm just going to really get on the field on game days. And I won't pick up a ball or a pom-pom. I don't know how you practice with those. But serve, there's something. Or I'm not going to run until there's a race. You will never work out. So why do we think, well, I can come to church and, do, and, and, and that's going to be enough. And can we get the concept in our head, it's not enough? You've got to commit yourself to godliness. You commit yourself to your team, or you should if you play a sport. Some people don't. There's a kid on Joe, Joseph's team when he was in a, a U9 or something age group soccer. My wife thinks, oh, you'd be a great coach for that age. I would kick kids in the teeth. It'd be horrible. I'm just not good with kids. Mine barely make it out of their... It's all right. It's all right, Kylie. Don't cry. But there's this kid. Joe would be in goal, and, and this kid named Aiden, I can say his name, because he was just a punk. He was horrible. During the game, he would just dig holes in the middle just of the field with his foot. I, I, and I'd be on the, the sideline. I'm, not a, I'm, I'm a parent. So every, every now and then when everybody else is down there, I'd be like, Aiden. You know, and you sort of throw your voice, Aiden, Aiden. And so he, he'd be like, he would look up at me. I'd be like, good, good digging hole. And, and I'm just a parent. So, I, I wouldn't, so he didn't really care to train. But you know what? That's a, you know, a lot of you, you come here and you're like, I don't care to be here. I don't care. Life stinks, man. No one cares. Nothing works. Get a grip. Start fighting for what's important. Is it important? If it's important, you fight for it. You go, yeah, it's important to me. But, man, I just every Wednesday I forget my, my, my Bible or I, I just don't have time. I didn't have time this week to get in the Word. But you had time to watch... This show or that show or that show or this show or go for this sport or that sport. But we never have time to pick this up. Why? Can I tell you part of the why? Real quick. This is free. Not in my notes. Free stuff right here. Satan doesn't care how many sports you're into or how good you get at them. He scares how much you get. He, he cares how much you get into this. He will distract you with everything else in order to keep you away from this. Understand, there's a battle going on that's spiritual that has to do with this. Not with that. You might go, what's well, spiritual community? I'm getting, I'm getting killed on the sports field. That's just your talent level. Sorry. Truth hurts, but it's truth. All right. Commit yourself to godliness. Verse 9. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who... Believe. Point one, commit yourself to godliness. Point two, re- remember where your hope is found. Your hope is not found in you. Your hope is not found in your parents. Your hope is not found in your friends. Your hope isn't found in your youth pastor or your pastors at the church. It's not at those that teach you at school or your coach. Your hope is found in God through Christ. Your Savior. That is where your hope. Why do I even want to even fight for this? Because that's where my hope is found. Because you do not understand the sin in my life and the wrath of God and the penalty I deserve. But God, not because I'm good enough, because none of you are. We aren't. I'm not either. We don't deserve the love God gives. We don't deserve the grace and mercy and forgiveness that he gives. You're not good enough. You're not like a, 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 a... a feather in the cap of God. You're just not. But God is that good. Why? That's where our hope. Why do I fight for this? Why am I going to go, you know what? I've got to get in the word, even when it's hard. Because there's going to be weeks 
or even months in your life where it's going to be hard to read. You might, man, I just don't know if I'm getting a whole lot out. Keep plugging along. When you don't know what to do, keep doing what you know is right to do. But what if I just don't think I'm getting it? Keep going. Like Dory, keep swimming. That movie, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Keep swimming. Right? Just keep, just, just, that's what you do. All right. Verse 11. It says, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Commit to godliness. You've got to commit to it. Remember where your hope is found and why you're doing it. It's not so you look better. Because if you're going to do it to try to look better for everybody, it ain't going to last. I've seen a lot where it just didn't last. And that's, that's sad. And the third thing is, is man of God, a woman of God, be an example. Be an example. And you go, well, I don't know if I'm old enough. Duh, age has nothing to do with being an example. It says, read verse 12 again, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example. You be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Have you ever heard the phrase, man, I'm going to take away your man man card. Have we heard that phrase before? Can I tell you, some of you are like, no. Okay, let me explain it this way. Some of you are like, I know he's going to this. Some of the the old timers that, that are around here, youth. When I came to this youth group, it was a group, it was a, a quasi-nice group that was toxic with man card cuts and pranks and just meanness that was mixed in it. That's just what it was. It was disguised in a lot as fun. Let's just be being fun as we just pick on and beat and take the man card. Man, I'm taking your man card. And there's these, 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 these. These students, guys, that would you do the dumbest things to try to get their man card. You gotta, you gotta stick your hand, arm in a, in an ant pile, and see if you can last for, for for the last one to la- to last in the ant pile. You get your man card. That's your 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 dumber than dumb card, right? I mean, you know, but it was just stuff like that was going on. And so we finally, I was able to to just step on some heads a lot, and I got made a lot of friends in this time. And um, and and so we we talked about it because you know what. Anybody can do dumb stuff or fit in like the world. And there's some of you that pay big money for movies and films of some things which are really just sad. Sorry, but it's true. And they, 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 they disguise it as, as man card. And can I tell you this? There's 24, 35, 40-year-old men that have, don't, don't really have their man card yet because they still act like a, a little boy. And they're even older than that. So as I look at this text, um, I thought, man, dude, you know, because I told a group of guys two and a half years ago, almost three, I met with them and said, and the man card had been done, but I said, I want to give you a man card that's for, 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 for real about what a man is supposed to be about. And I may not have it in my wallet right now because I took it out to look at it. This weekend, it may be sitting on my desk. Oh, here it is. Oh, I've got my man card. Mm-hmm. And what it is, I gave it to these guys. I said, you want your man card? This is a man card. Okay, let me put all this junk up so I don't lose it. My blood type is A+. a plus, the only A-plus I ever got in my life. <laughs> blood type. 
CBC man card, okay? And I gave it to these guys and said, this is what it means to be a man. And on the back of it is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Can I tell you, guys and girls, this is what it means to be a man of God or a woman of God. Set the example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Do you want to really be a man in this world? Do that. If you want to be a woman of God in this world, do that. Because there's very few that are doing it. But when I thought about this card, you know what I thought about this week? That kid you saw on the screen. He's got a big old man card, this big with that verse written right on it, because life seemed to reflect that in such a mighty way. So just look here real quick at some verses that have to do with speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. There is um, uh, Ephesians 4. Do we have that one? 4.29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is... As, as good for building up, as it as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Colossians 4, 6 also says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Gracious conversation. Gracious talk. Grace-filled. That means it's forgiving. That means it's lifting up your speech. Conduct, Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hey, Noah, go take out the trash. Whatever you do, anything that you do, do it in the name of Jesus, do it the best you can and honor him. Well, how can I do that? Well, first of all, you don't kick the dog when you go to take out. No, it doesn't kick the dog because usually the dog's outside. No, he doesn't. Whatever you do, whether you're, as you grow up, you work in a built, built, built a building or you mow lawns or do whatever you do, your conduct, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Godliness. You got to train for this. James 1, 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do or do not, there is no. Go, Yoda, go. Then it says love. Love. It's not like, it's not like love. Okay, it's not that. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It's not love. Ooh, baby, ooh, no. That's not the love we're talking about here. Oh, yeah, I'll do that for God. No. First John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. It's an unconditional love. It's I will love you even if you never do anything for me. It's the love actually God has for us that we're supposed to reflect back to the rest of the world. John thirteen thirty five says this. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love. Let your conduct. Youth. Youth. You can be a power. Faith. I can't get away from Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. We put our faith in, in Jesus Christ. The sacrifice that it's, it's faith. And this is not your own doing. You don't earn it. You don't do it. It's a gift from God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. Faith. 
may our faith reflect our, our love for Christ, our thankfulness for Christ. And it says purity. Ephesians 5.3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. No, it means not a hint. Not a hint. Speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. That's what we're supposed to reflect and we've got to reflect. But we will not do it unless we train. Unless we put in the time. Unless we really believe God's word is true. If we believe it's true, we're going to fight for his word. Now, we're going to watch a little bit more video. And this is the rest of the story on Clayton. And uh, then I'll finish up with something here at the end. So take a look. Let me encourage you to check out Clayton's videos online at www.claytonstory.com. But set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And when I watched that video, that's all I could think about. Man. And can I tell you this? First of all, everybody in the room, hear me clearly. God loves you. The creator of this world loves you and created you with a plan and a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't miss that truth. We're just going to close and it's going to be a, I don't know what you call it tonight, an invitation type of time tonight. And this is what I'm going to ask you. There's no pressure. I don't really want you to look around and see who's doing what tonight. But the first thing is we all sin and come short of the glory of God and the wages, what we all earn, what we all deserve from our sin is death. But God made a way through Jesus Christ, his son who lived a perfect life and he died as a sacrifice for our sin. A payment that we can't, can't pay, we can't be good enough, we're not near it. His son lived a perfect life and he took the, the penalty that we owed. And if you've never gone, you know what? And I've really never nailed that down. Man, I really want, I've got some adults in the back room, especially Mike and Karen sitting back there. Most of y'all know Mike, Mike. Just as we bow our heads and close our eyes, man, if, if you're like, man, that's me, they're sitting right back there for tonight. And there's another group, and this is, this is you. One thing about the man card um, phase was that you couldn't go get your own man card. Someone had to give it to you. And so tonight I've got for you, if you go, you know what, that's what my life needs to be about. I've got a man, 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 man of God card that I'd love you to take and stick in your, in your wallet or in your car or wherever you can see it just to remind you, this is who God's called me to be. And on the back is all the scripture we went through tonight women ladies a woman of god card i even got to change it's all nice pink but i just if if you go you know that's what i need my life to be about come get a card and i will just hand it to you no words will be exchanged right up here but i'm going to pray and when i'm done praying 
uh, I'm going to just ask for it just to be sort of quiet in this room. And if you're led that you go, you know what? I'm making that commitment in my life. Come get a card. If you don't get one, I'm not going to be getting eyes on who's getting a card and who's not. That's okay. Uh, but I'm going to ask you this, that in this quad tonight, once you come up and get a card, sort of, you can probably head outside. It's sort of nice out or, or even the back room, but be quiet until I'm off the stage. No voices, no one chatting in here until I'm off the stage. That means sort of we're done. I may, have to, I may end with prayer. Uh, I may not. When I come off the stage, you'll know. Okay? That's our invitation. But, man, you might think, man, God can't use me. Yes, he can. There is no doubt. You may doubt yourself, but I know how big our God is. And I've seen him work, not in just lives of those around me. I've seen him work in my life in ways I would go, there's no way I can do it. And he, God said, who's this about, me or you? And I go, oh, dadgum, it's not about me. Let's pray, and then the invitation will come. You may just need to sit there for a minute and pray. Uh, dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. A chance to come and, and have some real talk, to see a, a real life that it can be done. We live in a world where they say you can't be a power for Christ and you can. You've got to fight for it. Lord, give us the strength and courage to train. Lord, I ask that you'll, that for those in this room that feel alone, that you'll put people around them that'll walk alongside them and train with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.